Alright man, it's 9-11 p.m. Wednesday, June 10th. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to everybody that's out there that's chilling. New Wave Podcast. I had to send some invitations out. I was on the horn with my boy and we was kicking it. You know what I'm saying? But that's neither here nor there. You know what I mean? We here. We in the building. Hopefully these Instagram um, invitations pop in. But today, you know what I'm saying? It was a beautiful day outside. It's nice. Stinking shit hit 90. Damn near like 100 degrees outside. Humidity. Talking humidity. So it was 90 plus the humidity. Damn near 100 out that bitch. Hot. God damn it. If that ain't enough to make a motherfucker stay in the house, I don't know what is. I stayed, I kept it local. I stayed, I kept it light. I chilled in front of my house and shit. Um, been drinking a couple beers here and there every day, all day today, playing some Madden. Just regular random shit, you know what I'm saying? Some bullshit. I ain't doing much, you know what I'm saying? I'm keeping it, keeping it chill. Today we talking about music, right? But we talking old school hip hop music. And the reason why I'm doing this, because I'm working in a pattern. You know, I'm reaching, I'm going back. I'm starting from here, then I'm going back. And I'm going to get into like R&B, reggae, and hip hop. and hip. I'm going to go through a timeline. Every now and every so often, if you pay attention to the show, I go through a timeline. So, you know what I mean? I was going to talk... I was going to talk Shabba Ranks the other day, right? I said no. Now's not the time. It's too early. I said it's too early to do that. You know what I'm saying? You know why I said it was too early to do that? Because you got you to gotta let you gotta let it build a little bit. You got to let it build. Because it's got a lot of motherfuckers I can talk about. Got a lot of guys, we're going to get props to, we're going to get props where props is due. You know what I'm saying? We're going to get into the Bob, to the Bob Marley's. We're going to get into the, to the Prince. We're going to get into the Michael Jackson. We're going to talk. We're not only going to talk rap because we're not one-sided, right? But we got to give, because yesterday we talked DMX. So what I'm doing is I brought you here. I'm going to take you back here. And I'm going to bring you right here where it all started. And then where it's at now. How we got to where we're at now. You know, how we got to where we're at now. So, you know what I'm saying? One of my favorite... What we're going to be talking about... And people I can relate to. Because one of my favorite artists... That I will I can't wait to talk about... Is my man Supercat. Love talking about him. But today we talking about old school... Artists that are top, top old school artists. You know, we got, as far as my top old school artists, I'm going to have to go Reverend Run. But before I go into that, we're going to talk the greatest sports fans and Larry Bird. Nobody thought we were going to be sitting here talking about Larry the Legend, but we're going to talk about Larry the Legend right after this. So I got Reverend Run, right? I'm a big fan of Run DMC. You know, one of the first rap groups I heard, you know what I'm saying, was Houdini. But my mom and my dad had this Run DMC tape in their house. 
in their in their stereo. I seen Houdini, and I seen my mom. My mom said, "What you doing? Don't scratch my tape. That's mine." I said, "Yours?" I said, "Run DMC." You know what I'm saying? I'm a young motherfucker at the time, so I listened to this Run DMC, and I heard Reverend Run spitting some fire. And I'm like, God damn, that's Reverend Run, huh? What we call now Reverend Run, we used to call him Run back in the day. Run for Run DMC, Jam Master J. A lot of people don't know that. Don't know the name. They don't know these guys because they like up to the day. You don't expect certain people to know certain things. You know what I mean? But when you talk about Run DMC, you got to put them up here with the legends. They are legendary in rap. But I'm talking Run. He was probably one of the top rappers back in that days, back in those 80s. And I'm going to tell you about the 80s in a minute because I came from the, the end of the 80s. I'm an end of the 80s person. I'm, you know what I'm saying? You got to think about it. I'm 42 now, 88. I wasn't doing much, but I was out in front of my gate. So I was seeing things. And I was hearing the shit. You know what I mean? The cars driving by and shit like that. It ain't like, I ain't gonna sit here and lie and make it look like I was hanging with Alpo and Rich Porter and all of them. Because I wasn't. I'll be sitting here bullshitting if I told you that. So, um, Reverend Run. LL Cool J. Parrish Smith. Rakim. You can never forget Rakim. Big Daddy Kane. And we talking 88 to about 92. You got to throw... You got to throw like Greg Nice in there. But, this, but not for his lyricism... For his, like, his style. You got all types of guys. You got, you got, um, Cool G Rap. You got Craig G. These guys were, these guys were a problem back in those days. So now, if you do your homework and you sit and listen to the music, you might not get the vibe that you get now from music. Because the beats, the music has energy. It got waves. That's a fact. That the music got waves that can move your body a different type of way. So if you listen to the music back in the days, it might have you like this. It might have you stuck like, ah, oh, these niggas is corny. But they weren't corny. They were really spitting. They were putting it down. You know what I'm saying? It's not like listening to music now. Like I said, the music nowadays got got energy. And it and it takes you to another place. You know, you get vibe, you move, you do different things to the music nowadays. Like motherfuckers be backflipping to this shit. That's how motherfucking. That's how energetic this music is. Music is energy. Is there's energy in music? So these dudes was these dudes these dudes like I'm talking about. Eric Sherman and, e and, and Paris Smith, EPMD, them boys was, was a problem. So you got to put them like 
you got to put them like, as far as this Mount Rushmore thing of hip-hop, you got to put them right there. Or behind them or somewhere. You got to sneak them in there somewhere. But now, what people fail to mention, people, a person people fail to mention in old school rap is Ice Cube. People don't mention Ice Cube in any category whatsoever. No one says Ice Cube the man. Ice Cube do this. Ice Cube do that. You know why? Because he's West Coast. But if you think about it, Ice Cube is one of the busiest artists from that era. He was one of the busiest artists from that era. That's still relevant to this day. Because who's relevant from back in the days? Ice-T. He does Law & Order. Who's relevant musical, musically? LL Cool J. He has CSI. Ice Cube puts out music. Very so often, Cube will come out with something. You know, Ice Cube will come out with something like very so often. He'll give you a verse. He might give you a song. He might do something. But he's one of the only relevant artists from the 80s. We talk about a motherfucker that wrote for a group. Straight out of Compton, a crazy motherfucker named Ice Cube. And the gang is niggas with attitudes. You feel what I'm saying? See, Ice Cube was one of them boys that he got a timeless flow. He got the flow. He got the, he got the same shit. He got the same shit. You see, so so when you think about a guy like Ice Cube, you got to be like, damn. Why isn't he there? Why isn't he at the... Why isn't he spoken about when it comes to top MCs of his era? Of his era. You can even put a guy like Fife Dog in there. You know? I don't know. Maybe we'll talk about that. We'll talk, we'll, we'll talk about that on a, um, on a side note. To everybody on the podcast, you know, you already know what I'm doing. I'm talking to Instagram Live. You know, somebody asked, can they spend some old school during my live? You know what I mean? We're going to talk about that. I'm open to that. We're going to see what's going on. This is a music. People love music. And we get right. We'll speak on that. You know? But shout out to the 80s. And um, let me tell you why, the, why I wanted to talk about the 80s. Because the 80s rap is because that's an era that we'll never... We'll probably never see the era like that again. And I'm talking about as far as the um, the energy and the 
the shit that was going on around it at the time. You know, because the 80s come from, that's a that's an era where, you know, people were out. They were getting it. They were doing this. They were hustling and bustling. They were moving around. They were doing a lot. From the cars to the styles with the BBSs and all that shit. It was just a different time. So, um, what I wanted to do is just be give thanks to the guys that put on for hip-hop. That put on for hip-hop. Because these dudes really did it. They really, they really laid the foundation out for your, for your hardcore rappers and for your sing-along rappers and for your, um, your peaceful rappers, if we have any of those left. Because it's almost like everybody is, it's almost like everybody is on the same, on the same wave when it comes to music. A little bit something like that, I mean... Correct me if I'm wrong, but almost everybody got the same style. It's hard to go into like going into an ice cream shop. You like, yo, man, I'm on the Baskin Robbins. They got all these flavors. It's like this type of music is like you got one flavor, two flavors, chocolate and vanilla. But. You got to love the music nowadays because, like I said, it has energy. Music has energy. And this music nowadays, even though they all got the same similar sound, they all got energy. They all got a little bounce. They make you feel good. You know what I'm saying? They make you feel good depending on how you listen to it, how you treat it. You know, music is therapy. It's all about how you treat that shit. You know, you got some wild music out there that'll make you fucking bounce off a wall and shit. But you got some music that'll take you down, you know what I'm saying? You could drive from New York to Texas listening to certain things. You know what I'm saying? Like, you could, you could ride out. You could chill. You could sit back. You could go on a long plane ride and you out. You out. You know, so that's what the music does to you, man. It gives you energy. It gives you, like, shout out to the old school music, man. Because that shit still, to this, right now, people forget how the effect it had on them. But right now, you play some of that shit in the club, and you probably be like, yeah, yeah, all right. I can deal with that. Moving along, we talking about one of the greatest basketball players of all time. You know, one of the greatest fucking basketball players of all time, a white boy. You know, all this racism stuff we dealing with right now. We talking about going through black people get us getting our respect from the police because we ain't got we ain't really got no beef with too many white people. You know, our beef is probably with like the the system, right? The system got us beefing. The system making us not like each other. You know, they keep throwing the media keep throwing that racist word around. The rate, the rate, we gonna talk about them. We gonna talk about them. We gonna talk about that. We gonna talk about that. We gonna hopefully we can get them in here for an interview. You know what I mean? We can get them in here for an interview, young Sire, huh? We gonna talk to him. But you know the system got us. But today we talking about Larry Bird, Larry the Legend, Indiana State University. 
That motherfucker white boy was a bad motherfucker, man. I'm talking about this dude was cooking on the court. So we got to give people like Larry Ledge and his props. You know what I'm saying? How many times he took the Boston Celtics to the big dance and won? Larry the Legend wasn't playing against no slouches. He was playing against all, all thoroughbreds. He had, first of all, he had to get through Detroit. He had to get through the Sixers. He had to get through the Milwaukee Bucks at the time. He had to do all of this. He had to do all of this with a with a with a team of young boys like Kevin McHale. Robert Parrish, probably one of the best teams assembled in the 80s. That's what it is. Probably one of the best teams assembled in the 80s, the Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics were cooking. I mean, they were really cooking, taking it to Magic, taking it to the Lakers. Seven games. Giving it to these dudes. So when we talk about Larry Bird, we're not going to bring up his numbers. Because, yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, he's doing this. Yeah, he's doing that. We're not going to give you the numbers. We're just going to praise his game. This man was on the court. Giving it to him. Turn the Boston Celtics into champions. Into champions. Turn the Boston Celtics. Because the Boston Celtics is a great franchise. We can't forget the Boston Celtics is a good franchise. But when he got there, before he got there, they wasn't as great as people. You know what I mean? They wasn't all that. Got to remember, it was a gap in basketball. So when Larry Bird had to build that team up with, along uh, with, with the coaching staff, they had to build that team back to be champions. They built them up to be champions again. And these dudes was fucking busting people ass. I'm talking about Atlanta Hawks, Dominique Wilkins, all these dudes. Bringing it to these balls. 76ers had Dr. J. Julius, they had Dr. J., Charles Barkley, Moses Malone, Andrew Tony, Maurice Cheeks. They had all these dudes. Billy Cunningham. They had bodies. And Larry Bird and them boys were serving them on a silver platter. Sixers got at them once, a couple of times. Lakers got at them a couple of times. Detroit finished them. See, the Detroit Pistons is what finished the Celtics, the bad boys, because the bad boys had to change their game up so they can get on these on a level. They had to get on a level because the Boston Celtics was outsmarting dudes. They was outplaying them. They was pick and roll, pick and roll, pop, down low, down low, layup. They was basic balling dudes. But you see, the, the Detroit Pistons had to figure out how to utilize their youth. They couldn't keep up with these dudes by playing basketball with them, like dribbling and doing all this stuff. Word. 
some of the best highlights. So what they had to do is they had to get in the gym and they had to muscle these dudes. They had to figure out a way to beat these dudes. They had to intimidate these dudes. They had to scare these dudes off the court. So the bad boys had to create a character. They started wilding on Boston. They started tearing them up. Anytime Bird will go up for a shot. Mikhail go up for a shot. They was fouling them. They wasn't fouling them soft fever. They was fouling them hard. A couple times Bird face hit the bounced off the floor. And I'm talking about hardwood floor. His face bounced off the floor. You could YouTube that. You know, and but you know Larry the legend, he got up, shook it off. And got up and started raining on him. Just giving it to him. But at the end of their run, Detroit, they showed him that that youth and that powerful youth. They took him out. They stopped their run. They stopped their run. But Larry Bird went on to be a part of the dream team. What a bad back. What a bad back. Larry Bird was playing for the Dream Team. He was playing for a gold medal. Playing for a gold medal. And he ended up winning because the Dream Team went, what, undefeated throughout the whole Olympics. Patrick Ewing, Larry Bird, John Stockton, all these dudes. And I don't agree with John Stockton and Chris Mullen playing for the Dream Team. We're going to discuss that on a later date. But, see, John Stockton is not better than Isaiah Thomas. No way, shape, form, or fashion should John Stockton, with the little tiny basketball shorts, been playing in the United States Olympics over Isaiah Thomas, dog. You just don't let it. You just don't let that go down. But we're gonna talk about that because that was all Michael Jordan in Detroit and the Chicago Bulls, right? That was all Jordan and the Chicago Bulls. You know what I mean? So shout out to Larry Bird, man. Shout out to Bird. Bird put it down and did his thing. He definitely was representing. Um, which leads me to come to fan talk. You know, it's a lot of you know a lot of people. We miss sports, right? We miss sports. One thing I miss about sports, I miss about sports, I miss the fan interaction. Like, seeing seeing the people tailgate and watching the people tailgate and looking at the people cooking on the grill and doing all this shit. You know what I'm saying? I kind of miss the fan interaction, which leads me to talk about the best fans because I did this before on one of my podcasts, but I didn't go too in-depth with it. I talked about a specific fan base. But I'm talking about the best fans in sports. The best cities. When you go watch football, you go watch basketball, and what it is, it is what it is, right? You're going to get what you you're going to get what you pay for when you go to these cities. I'm from New York City, right? I'm from Brooklyn. I'm from New York City. 
And I'm gonna tell you one thing about us: we are passionate. We love our we love our city. We love our area. We love we love New York. You can't a New Yorker can't go to a fucking Seattle and Seattle talk about. I don't care if you're from Queens, and you go to Seattle and they say Central Park dirty. New Yorkers are gonna defend Central Park. Somebody from Queens is gonna be like, "What you fucking crazy? What's wrong with you?" Look at your neighborhood. What the fuck do you guys got? You know, our fans are that passionate to the point where we defend our city. To where as though it sometimes it comes to like blows. That's how passionate we are. So I'm talking about fans right now. New York City. I'm talking about New York, the Mecca. Where it all started. No fan is better than those New York Yankee fans. You can sit here and say the Giants fans are this. The Knicks fans are this. The Knicks fans, in my opinion, are not the best fans in New York. They're the most, almost the most dedicated fans. Because I say almost because the most dedicated fans are Yankee fans. Knicks fans are dedicated, but they're not as dedicated as the Yankees. You know, the Yankee fans are going to go through thick and thin with their squad. They're going to ride out with their squad. Yankees can be down 10 zip in the bottom of the ninth. Yankees up two outs. That crowd is going to cheer. They're going to smack on the fucking outfield. They're going to cuss at the catcher. They're going to cuss at the outfielders. They're going to throw popcorn on them. They're going to do whatever they can to distract that team to make them lose in that last inning. And when them motherfuckers lose, you know what they're going to play at Yankee Stadium? Start spreading the news. Then that's the New York way. That's the New York way. That's the Yankee way. That's the New York Yankee way. Mets fans, I can't really speak on Mets fans, but I can tell you New York Yankee fans, New York Knicks fans, and New York Giants fans kind of run New York City. They kind of like a big deal in that in that town. You wear something other than pinstripes, navy blue. Nine to, ten times out of ten, somebody's gonna say something to you. A kid might say something to you. The next city I'm gonna talk about is Boston. Boston has some of the most loyal, disrespectful fans in all of sports. You know, the Boston Celtics, the Boston Red Sox, the Boston Bruins, but the most vicious motherfuckers in Boston are the Boston Red Sox fans. Dangerous. You, you, if you're a Yankee fan, you know what I'm talking about. You go to Boston, you go to a bar, because in New York they got a lot of bars, right? They got a bar that's dedicated to Boston fans in New York City. 
It's called the Patriot Bar. When the Giants won the Super Bowl, I went inside this bar. It was a bunch of Patriots fans. They left. The Giants fans kicked them out. But this particular bar, these fans act crazy. They wear they they wear their Boston hats flipped upside down, inside out, with they with they funny looking asses, and then they just they yell. They cuss at New Yorkers, and they could be from New York. They could be New Yorkers, but they're Boston fans in New York, and they treat New Yorkers like they ain't shit. Let them motherfucking Boston Red Sox win in New York. New Yorkers be feeling sorry. You know how them fans is? You know white fans are different from black fans. You, you yell at a white fan, they go like this. They walk off in shame. They be really upset. They be really, really mad. They take that shit personal. They don't like to lose in sports. You know, so that shit don't work on like a lot of black people. It doesn't work. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of us, you know, we lose in a game. We be like, oh, fuck it. You know what I'm saying? The sports, when sports affects us African Americans different than it affects white people. You know, white people lose their mind when their team lose. Black people be like, yo, fuck it. Man, I ain't getting paid for that shit. You know? And this is just a difference. But when them motherfucking Boston fans come to New York, man. Lord, I don't know what I don't know where the energy comes from. But these fans be out of control. Let's stop talking about Boston. Move on to Philly, right? You come down to 9-5 South. Go to Philadelphia. Philly got, a lot of people don't watch hockey, right? But Philly got some of the worst fans in the world. I said New York fans were the best fans. Philadelphia fans are by far the worst. Worse than Boston. You see, not because they boo and they yell and they screaming in your face. Oh, that's nothing. They take it a step further. They throw stuff at you. They spit on you. They beat you up. They do crazy shit. You know what I'm saying? I watch guys. How about the ball from the 76ers? He had a Redskins jersey on at the Eagles game at the tailgate. Got into a fight with the fans. They were like, yo, take that shit off. Don't come over here with that shit. He's like, what? What the fuck you talking about? Don't come over here. They tried to make him, they tried to rip the jersey off this guy's back. He's six foot five. Muscles like a motherfucker. He's well-tuned. He can fight. They show him on camera beating the shit out of the fan. Next day, the next thing you know, the fan is on TV with like a steak on his eye. Like, I apologize. You know, because they get fucked up out there. They get drunk and they fight. Crazy shit. So these fans in Philadelphia are probably the worst fans in the world. And that's no cap. Which leads me to talk about their hockey team. The Flyers. See, I like the Flyers. They call them the Broad Street Bullies. In Philadelphia, they call them the Broad Street Bullies. They're the worst fans in hockey. 
and tell you a quick story about the Broad Street Bullies. I was in New York City, right? One, not, one time I was in New York City a few years ago, probably over five years ago. I'm in New York. I'm in Manhattan. I'm walking through the city. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I heard all these, I seen all these, I seen all these New York Ranger fans saying, oh, fuck you, fuck you, you're a piece of shit. Go back home. Your mother's this. Your mother's that. And the Flyer fan was sitting on the hood of a car. Just drinking a soda or beer or some shit. He just chilling. And the Flyer fan, you think, it's like... I'm a little little exaggerating because it was more than this. But I'm going to say it was ten. It was ten New York Ranger fans. Next thing you know, I see this bull. He said, yo... He said, yo, these assholes over here fucking with me. That's what he said. It was a Ranger and Flyers game that day at Madison Square Garden. All of these fucking dudes with black and orange came from behind this alleyway. I guess they were smoking weed or cigarettes or cigars, but they were in an alley. Nobody's seen them. All of these big white bulls come out the alley like, where's he at? Where they at? So it was a big ass fight in in the middle of Manhattan, Midtown. Flyers and Rangers in the middle of the street. I'm sitting in the corner watching this shit. I'm like, holy shit. These white motherfuckers acting crazy down here. They fighting. You see Flyer fans throwing like garbage bags at the the Ranger fans. They picking garbage bags up. They throwing them. They trash in the street. The police come. They try to break everything up. Dudes is out. Dudes is out. I'm looking at the. I'm looking at the Ranger fans. And the boy got the, his nice, pretty white jersey. Got blood all on it. Just bleeding. I'm like, y'all was the same motherfuckers that were talking crazy shit. Even you know, what I'm saying they take it a step further back. When the Flyer fans beat up the police officer, the off-duty cop, he had a Rangers jersey on. They punched him in his eye, broke his eye socket or some shit, all over the news. These is different type of fans. These fans are the ruthless of the ruthless. The Philadelphia Flyers. I'm talking about people don't know. When they lose in Philadelphia, they trash it. Stadium be fucked up. They so mad. They don't want to lose. They so every game there's a fight. And I'm not talking about no regular hockey fight where the dudes be on the ice fighting. The fans be fighting. In the stands. You guys got YouTube. Utilize that YouTube and look at these Philadelphia Flyers fans acting crazy in the stadium. You see them off of throwing people off the off the chairs, little kids throwing popcorn and sodas in people's faces. I'm talking about somebody walk in the stadium with a with a different type of jersey on. They walking down aisles. They walk got got to walk down the steps. Everybody just throwing shit at them, throwing shit. It's like uh, when the Dallas Cowboys go into the Philadelphia Eagles stadium. They just throwing shit. They just trashing you, throwing mustard. You go to the bathroom, you come back, ice cream in your seat. Beer all over your shit look crazy. You spent $100 for a ticket. 
to come back and that shit loaded with trash. The worst fans are Philadelphia fans. The worst fans by far. And if anybody tries to debate and try to give their city props and say, no, you forgot about California. Listen, California fans are not scary. They sit at the stadium, they look at the game, they just be so well-disciplined, and they sit down, and they eat their sunflower seeds, and they put them in a bag and stuff like that. You know, it's a lot of fo- it's a lot of sports fans that are just like, you know, yeah, y'all just corny for no reason. So y'all shouldn't be even spoken about as the best fans. I'm talking about like Green Bay Packer fans are probably some of the best fans. Like I said, Yankee fans, from my point of view, are the best. New York fans are the best fans, even though I like the Lakers. But come on, like, you look at the game, like, you look at the Lakers play, the fans don't look rowdy. They just look like they spend a lot of money on tickets, you know? They go to the game, they spend about 500 on a seat, they sit there, they don't even scream and yell. They don't even get off their seat and motherfucker do a crossover. They don't stand up and clap. They just sit there and go, ooh, ah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, come on, man. Like, It's like you see these guys. Like, what other fans can I sit there and talk about that are, um, New Orleans Saints fans. I've been to I've been to New Orleans and I watch these fans like tear shit up. You know what I mean? The best part about going to New Orleans is you know you're gonna go out there and watch them have a good tailgating party. They gonna tailgate, they're gonna do this and they're gonna do that, they're gonna eat the crawfish and all this stuff. It's just it's just different energy. When you come to New York and Philadelphia, I think those are like the those are like the best fans you can that's the best sporting events you'll ever see is in New York and Philadelphia some of the best sports you'll watch is in those two cities those two cities you know Philadelphia basketball is not what it used to be because you know Allen Iverson left Allen Iverson was like the god of the city when it came to basketball you know, the, the Philadelphia Phillies aren't as good as they used to be. When they, a few years ago, after they lost to the Yankees, they kind of fizzled out a little bit. But, you know, the Eagles been all right. They won a Super Bowl. They did this. They did that. You know, they, they kind of kept that momentum going. They kept the fan, the fan base right here. Instead of bringing them down, they keep them up here. Even though they, you can't win every year. You know, you can't win every year. Sometimes you just got to look at it like that. You just can't win every year. But when you do win, you just got to you just gotta watch your city. When your city get that parade and you see them fans going crazy, that's how you know where your, where your fan base is at. Because I watched the Kansas City Chiefs parade and it was all right. I was like, ah, whatever. I really wasn't too enthused by it. You know what I mean? Like when I seen like a New England Patriots parade. You watch the New England Patriots parade. You're like, yo, these fucking people crazy. 
You know what I mean? When I watch the the Lakers, I mean the Lakers parade, I'm like, it's California. Like, they ain't doing nothing special out there. They just like, first of all, it's hot, and second of all, nobody really want to be out there, really. But when you come to like a, a parade city like New York City, we used to parades. We're used to shit like that. When we don't get it, it's like damn, like another year down. But we're used to shit. That's why I said we're the best fans. New York has the best fan base. Philly has the the worst fans ever that I've seen. But New York has the best fan base. You know, because you don't want to you don't want to see them when they winning. When they winning, they up here. When they losing, they like still trying to balance it out. But they just don't want to like they just don't want to like put up with the with the bullshit. You know, but when they winning, New Yorkers are winning. They all the way up. Can't tell them nothing. It's New Wave Podcast, man. Thank y'all every. Thank y'all. Thank y'all for everything, man. For tuning in. I know you. I'm thanking you ahead of time on the rebroadcast. Thank you for IG to IG. Um, shout out to um Spotify, um Google, um Apple Music, iHeartRadio. You know the big boys that I'm on. Um, break up even the little small platforms. You know what I mean? Shit ain't shit. You know, shout it out. Shout it the fuck out. But you know what I mean? Shout out to everybody. I'm trying to come up with like different, more and more content every day. I don't want to be focused on music too much. I got artists that are definitely trying to pull up and be interviewed. We go like they trying to get their shit together so far. They trying to get their body of work right. I told them don't come up here with the bullshit music. Up here with the with the shit that the fire, you know what I mean? Like guys from like Colorado, you know they rap out there. People from Canada, California, overseas in India, Pakistan and shit. They rap all over. So I'm giving them the platform. Let them do them, and we're gonna see what's what, and we're gonna do what we gotta do. Moving forward, man, y'all be safe, man. It's New Wave Radio, New Wave Podcast. Peace.